The Church Fellowship of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut welcomes you to this edition of Shi'ar Jeshub. Today, we will begin the next sermon in the Heavenly Authority series. So let's join Bible teacher and author of the award-winning book, The Nature and Power of Prayer, Pastor Greg Scalzo. Last week, we left off really in the middle of the study. Remember where we are. We're in the Heavenly Authority series. We were looking at what the scriptures say, and they say a great deal really throughout from Genesis to Revelation about authority in the, uh, in the church among God's people. Uh, we're in the New Testament section. We're looking at the offices. There are gifts, and there are offices, and there are workings. And we're looking at the different offices in the New Testament, and we went through a study of the apostles, and now we're in a study of the prophets. And we, um, we were speaking last week about John the Baptist, and we left off in Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. John had sent messengers to Jesus, asking him, are you the one, the coming one, or do we look for another? And then after they departed, the messengers went back. Jesus told them in verse 7, What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? But what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments? Indeed, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I say to you, and more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way before you. And we had studied earlier last week the scriptures in Malachi chapter 3, where this comes from in chapter 4, and Isaiah 40, that foretold the ministry, the preparation, the ministry of John to prepare the way for Jesus. Verse 11, Assuredly I say to you, among those born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist, but he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if you are willing to receive it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, we talked about um, the prophecy the angel Gabriel gave to John's father, Zacharias, that John would go before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And here Jesus is clearly saying that if you're willing to receive it, he is Elijah who is to come. He is the one who is to go before the face of the Lord to prepare the way, and we talked in detail last time about the violence, that sword of repentance, that sword of repentance that needs to be turned toward ourselves to cut away what's wrong, to recognize, to recognize what's wrong, and desire it to be taken away that we might receive the salvation that only comes through Jesus Christ. If we don't understand that we have to cut away what's wrong in ourselves, we cannot have full appreciation 
of the salvation in Jesus. And that's why that was a preparatory message. That was a necessary message. That was the spirit and power of Elijah. And we said how the prophets would make the people many times aware of the sins that they had, how they were becoming worldly, how they were going after all the same things as the pagan nations around them. And God's decree that this was wrong, stop, turn back. That's what repentance means. Repentance means to turn 180 degrees around, to come back to God. If an acceptance of Jesus Christ is not to save us from sin and not to turn us back to God, but rather on a very shallow level to try to get some benefit to ourselves, to have maybe hope of eternity, well, I'll try this Christian salvation. It's on a very shallow level because we haven't recognized our condition, and so we cannot appreciate what he does for us. If you are willing to receive it, he is Elijah who is to come. And from the time of John, the kingdom of heaven suffers force. The forceful are taking it by their message of repentance. Now there could be entrance because we recognize what's wrong, and we will turn to the Messiah if we recognize what's wrong. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And again, you have John as the marker between the Old Testament prophets and the New. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And then verse 16, this is, we didn't go over this last time. He says, but to what shall I liken this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to their companions and saying, we played the flute for you and you did not dance. And we mourned to you and you did not lament. For John came neither eating nor drinking and they say, he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking, and they say, look, a glutton and a wine-biber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is justified by her children. If you look at the analysis that Jesus gives of the generation of Israel at his time, it's very similar to what we have today. The timing in God's sight is all off. They're not in step with God. And that's why you have to be careful about distinguishing between concepts and the spirit behind the concept. The concept can sound right, but it's really the application of the concept, the spirit behind it, that's important. They're like children. They're childish. They have an application of truth, but it's all backward. They don't really know when to mourn and when to rejoice. They're like children in the marketplace. They call to each other. They call to their companions saying, we play the flute for you and you did not dance. Now, if you look at the different ministries of John and Jesus, the same message, same message of repentance for the kingdom of heaven is near. That's what John preached. When you read about Jesus going out to preach in Mark after John's place in prison, it says Jesus went out and preached, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand, is near. Same message. The two aspects of it is repent, look at what we are, and look at God, look what God is. And one of it's very sorrowful, right? You look at what we are, and it's something to mourn about. And then you look at what God is, and it's something to rejoice about, right? But it's the same message. So if John was there emphasizing the repentance part and pointing toward the second part of what God would do, 
It was right that he'd be out there in hairy camel's garments, a leather belt, being very austere, right? Like the prophets of old, the Nazarite vow, lifelong Nazarite vow, like Samson, like Samuel, right? He doesn't drink. For John, what does he say? John came neither eating nor drinking. He didn't have a lot of food. He had locusts and wild honey. He never touched a drop of alcohol. That was a Nazarite vow. And it would be right when Jesus comes, fulfilling the joy, the message of God, that sinners, tax gatherers and prostitutes and all types of sinners, even the Sadducees and Pharisees, the righteous scribes, who are still sinners, because a sinner, a person sick, needs a doctor, needs a physician. A sinner needs a savior. They all needed a savior. It was right as God was including and bringing into the kingdom all different types of sinners, that there should be rejoicing. And Jesus had fellowship with them. He did not sin with them. Rather, he ate with them, he drank with them, and he brought them out of their sins and into the kingdom of heaven because they repented and turned to Messiah. It was a time of rejoicing. Same message. Repent. Here comes the kingdom of heaven. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Right? But the world apart from God, is off sync. It's out of step, right? It takes the truth like Job's friends and misapplies it. And so the message of John of repentance, they didn't like that. We're all okay. You're telling us, Pharisees, Sadducees, scribes, we have to repent too? And then they had to go out there and show the people they did it. Otherwise, if, because the people accepted John as a prophet, so okay, Let's go out and make the show of it also, that people see how really good we are, but we don't really need to repent. And John, they come to John, and John says, you brood of vipers, right? He exposes their hypocrisy. We need to repent, and so they're like children who, they say, we play the flute for you, and you did not dance. You're not dancing to our self-confidence in who we are. And then Jesus comes along and he says everyone can be saved. He's preaching the salvation of God to everyone. And you're going to allow those tax gatherers, those prostitutes, you're going to allow them to be saved. And so we mourn to you and you did not lament. Don't you understand how, how sad that situation is? And it is sad. But now we have salvation. Now's the time to rejoice. They won't apply the mourning to themselves, then they want to dance. And they won't apply the rejoicing to others to say, well, now God's going to bring these people too into the kingdom. And so they can't be satisfied. They're not satisfied by John in his austerity, and they're not satisfied by Jesus in bringing people to salvation, repentance. Um, Zacchaeus says, I'll give back all I've taken. I'm going to restore it fourfold. They should be saying, praise the Lord. This tax gatherer's been stealing from us, and now he's a son of Abraham. He's going to give more money back than he took. But no, they want to be better than him, so they're not rejoicing. They're lamenting. You're not going to include him in the kingdom, are you? They're out of sync with the kingdom of God. Their timing's all off, and they use arguments that sound like they're true, but they misapply them at the wrong time and the wrong place. They're like children. They're childish. They're like children calling to their companions, we played the flute for you and you did not dance. We mourned to you and you did not lament. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. He's too much. He's demonic. 
And the Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, look, a glutton, a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. And what does he say? But wisdom is justified by her children. You know, you have the, the children of the world, the foolishness, the silliness of the children of the world, and then you have the children of wisdom. Wisdom is proved by what comes out from her. If something is wise, it will bear wise fruit. And the children of wisdom know when to repent, when to mourn, and they know when to be comforted by the Messiah of Israel. What is the foundation of the male-female relationship? How does God view marriage? These are just some of the questions addressed in our special audio CD set on Christian marriage. It includes all four CDs in Pastor Greg's series, Walking Together, as well as two audio CDs entitled, The Valiant Christian Man, God's Servant Priest to His Family. And all six audio CDs are our gift to you for your donation to Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle of $35 or more. You can make your donation on our church website at www.shiarjeshub.org. The shiarjeshub.org website allows you to make donations through a secure PayPal page. Or you can mail a check of $35 or more to Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle, P.O. Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. Make sure to mention Offer 101. We thank you for listening today. Please join us next time for Shi'ar Jashub.